This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and pharmacy future leaders. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Haley Ward, for Pharmacy Future Leaders. And I'm your co-host, Joanne Pio. Today's guest is Hannah Neal, a student pharmacist from Notre Dame of Maryland. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So Hannah, everybody's path is different. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into pharmacy and what was it about it that got you to where you are today? Um, So I'm a P2 student and the founder of the Finding Pharmacy blog. Um, So basically how I kind of found pharmacy, I always knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I kind of didn't know exactly what, and then I talked to my brother's assistant soccer coach and just kind of decided that was what I was going to do. It wasn't until actually my second year of college is when I really decided I love pharmacy. So my dad got really sick. He's okay now. (laughs) Um, But basically, it just like really showed me the power of medicine, like and the power of healthcare, and so now I've just like gotten really driven and really passionate about like helping others. And that, now I'm in pharmacy school doing what I love. So you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. That's awesome. And you mentioned that you have a blog. How did you get started with blogging? Um. So I sort of got started with blogging. I was kind of going back and forth with it because. When I, I'm someone who gets super excited about everything. Um, so the summer before I got into pharmacy school, I was like looking up YouTube channels and like Instagrams of like different pharmacy students and pharmacists. And there wasn't really like a lot of them. So I decided going into like starting at orientation that I wanted to start a blog and kind of document everything because I love taking photos and I just want like to like get, I get really nostalgic and I love to look back on things. And so trying to do that and then maybe help someone else like for the next year is something kind of why and how I got started. That's a great I, idea. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Joanne. No, you're good. I was just going to say, I, I absolutely love your blog, Hannah. Um, <laughs> Haley, you have to like follow her on Instagram. You have to get on this blog. My favorite post is titled too young to feel like I'm running out of time. And I'm just going to read a little part of this scared that I will never find someone or that I won't have kids till I'm 40. And that because I chose pharmacy that I, that I am at a disadvantage feeling like my time is basically running out of time. Do you get that, Haley? So I I sometimes can relate to that. Um, Being as a a pharmacy student, oh my gosh, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm not going to get a job. Or if I don't join this organization, I'm not going to have a leadership position. Or if I don't put this on my CV, 
like, it's just so much anxiety. And I just love how you talked about that. And you focus like on relationships and finding kids. Now I'm in pharmacy school. I'm studying all the time. Will I ever get married? So I think that it's amazing that you're so open on your blog, Hannah. Well, thanks. <laughs> and and then, that's what I really just try to like perceive to people because I even talked about one time about like not feeling like about pharmacy. Like I was doing well in school, but I still felt lost. Like, um, and just trying to be as open as I possibly can be because I feel like we're constantly going up and down in our feelings. Absolutely. Especially with everything that we have going on during the semesters and you're trying to scrape through to make it to the next, you know, through the exams and just thinking of that, like how do you have time to dedicate to your friends, to your family and to Mm -hmm. have good grades and actually learn. It's so hard. And I have a four-year-old, so I completely understand the idea of like, wow, you know, you have to wait till after pharmacy school because it is hard doing it with kids. But then Mm -hmm. again, the thoughts of when am I going to have kids? You know, I I completely agree on that. And I can see the the anxiety. Yeah. Or find the one, right? You're lucky, Haley. You're lucky. I'm telling you. You don't have to like stand. Is this the guy at Starbucks? Is he looking at me? Look at me now. Look at me now. Oh, oh. I'm getting paper. Look at me now. No, I have different struggles. Mine is I need to separate time between studying and home life. (laughs) And then another thing, Hannah, that I like is that you're open, but you're professional. And I think many pharmacy students, including, including myself, struggle with social media etiquette, which is knowing what to post and what not to post. So how do you balance that? Um, so a good rule of thumb I always follow. If my mama or my boss can't find, um, can't see what I post, then I shouldn't be posting it. <laughs> That's and a really good rule, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two people, like mama and boss. If they can't see it, I shouldn't post it. And also just never to post things out of anger or out of sadness because those are when emotions are really running high. I have like even my profession or my personal account, like I always make sure just to kind of watch what I post because people like uh, big companies, they do, they pay people and all they do is stock your social media. Oh, absolutely. And so I always like, I'm very aware of the content I put, but I also still want to be very honest and upfront with people too. So how do you find that middle space where you're still being yourself and expressing what you believe, but being professional and, you know, thinking about your future boss who might be reading this or somebody who you've applied for. Um, I think just, I normally what I do, it it takes me a day or two. I like let it sit overnight. Like I write a post out. I let it if I feel the same way like the next day and make sure once my errors are my spelling errors and stuff are correct. But, um, I think just giving myself time and like reflecting over, like, I think too, like if I was someone who was being hired, would they think this is appropriate? Because it's okay to have opinions. Like absolutely, I do talk about a little bit of like my religious beliefs, but like, I never want anyone to feel like it's like forced or, um, that they can't come to their and like as well come, have an open mind. So I kind of just let uh, my post have a, like I just let them sit for a day and then come back and also think like, what if a boss saw this and like how would they right. react to 
this. And is this something you see yourself doing once you graduate? You plan on continuing your blog? I think so. I think so much like what happens is, and I know life gets busy. Um, I would like to see like, okay, what, what happens next? Like, uh, our learning never does, our learning never stops. We're, I always will be continuing um, lifelong learning, as they say. Um, and uh, I think just connecting with people too, that was also really, really cool. I've actually met and talked to a lot of people who also have pharmacy blogs and Instagrams and like hearing their stories. And I'm like, oh my gosh, me too. Like just knowing that I'm not alone um, really helps. And also like knowing there is like, there's so much more to do too. Like your job doesn't stop. Like you should still be involved with your state um, pharmacy organizations because there was this quote I heard that was told, you're either sitting at the table or you're on the menu. And so we should always be um, fighting what we think is right for our patients. And um, I think it never stops. So I do plan on continuing. That's great. That quote scares me, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. If you're not taking action, you're going to get chopped. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to repeat some key points that you said, because I think it's very important that students and even young professionals understand this. Never post when you're sad or angry. And sadly, um, what you mean with good intentions can be misperceived. Exactly. And then another thing that you said is that you wait before you post anything so that you can come back to it and just read it again. So I think that's very important. Do you have any tips, Haley, that you would suggest for us? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the uh, waiting and sitting and reading it over. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been on Facebook or Instagram and I've seen some posts that, man, they'll make the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you're like, wow, we really didn't need to know that much information about you, you know? And <laughs> oh it, it could be God. a coworker or somebody you're, you know, in school with or, and then I get put myself in the shoes of somebody that's hiring or an employer, you know, um, we see all these cases and it's funny, you look online and you, they have like the vines fails and all that of people who have gotten fired because of, you know, mistakes they've made on social media. Social media is meant to unite people and, you know, share your thoughts and stuff. But to a certain extent, you have to know when to pull back and, and when too much is too much. I like that you said that it's supposed to unite, but sometimes it separates people. Um, I was on Facebook one day and I read this um, post by someone and he said a comment. I, I don't know if he meant it that way, but I, I took it as a very negative comment. And now I have this perception of the person. And I think it's, I don't know, I agree with you that you kind of have to be careful, especially when you're talking about politics. I think that's yes. a uh, way that's to a get sticky into trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like there's things that I do not need to know about people. But I'm so excited today, guys, because we're going to play our first ever podcast game, Hire, Fire, or Eh. So in this game, I'm going to read a scenario, and Haley and Hannah are going to play the part of pharmacy employers where they're going to they're going to decide whether they will fire the person, hire the person, or eh, not really sure. So for scenario one, we have an employee. He posts on his social media account, 
about how he is going to use up all of his sick leave, then quit. What would you guys do if you had? I'm going to start with you, Hannah. Oh, I, the fact that someone would think that's okay to post on social media, but I, I would believe it. I really would. Um, I would be firing. You're going to fire him? <laughs> yeah, like that is, especially that just says to me, like he obviously like hates his job. He doesn't value his employer um, and uh, it just puts a bad perception of his employer. And so I would, I would fire him. But you got to admit the guy is smart. <laughs> he is smart. I mean, if you're going to do that, do them in private, tell your friends, like, like your small little group, but don't put it on social media when you probably have a thousand friends. All right. My next, next boss is Haley. What would you do? First of all, that is hilarious. I mean, why would you even post that on social media? Like, I, I, I pretty much had a laugh attack when you read that out. I would fire him. I mean, seriously? Dude, come on. You're going to post that you're going to use up your sick time then leave? No. I mean, you can tell that he's not reliable because he's lying. And... I, I can't, I can't deal with this. I would honestly just, I would call him into my office before the day was over and I'd make sure to make an example out of him. So I'm glad that you said that. So I found this scenario on people.com and it basically read, he posted this on his social media account at 9 a.m. At 11 a.m. he received a phone call that he was fired. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> I feel bad for him a little bit. <laughs> Scenario two, Kim posted on her Facebook page, first day of work, so dull. Hannah, are we going to hire this page of this person, fire them, or eh? Um, for me, this would be an eh. I would probably have a talk with, like, as an employer, I would probably talk to her and be like, that's not okay. Like, um, if you clearly don't have, if you don't want to be here, then you don't have to be. Um, but, like, people do, I mean, it's not, like, detrimental because, I mean, I've made mistakes at work and had to be kind of talked to. Like, it does happen. But, I mean, not like I post on social media like this. But, um, so I would be a more of a warning or like an eh. Like, so. Yeah, I agree. What, I'm on the same page. You would do a warning. I agree as well. I think that first day of work in any job is basically orientation. Exactly. And sometimes it can be boring. But use your best judgment. Don't post it on social media. Again, it's the same thing. Do these two people know each other? <laughs> but if, if you notice, you can see in the news, a lot of people get fired because they make racial comments or they make mm -hmm. um, comments about like the president. And it's something that we have to be aware of because we have friends on our Facebook pages that we think are our friends, but they might, you know, they may not be our friends or they might repeat it to someone else who knows someone else. And then you're in this yes. situation because I doubt your boss was on here and they saw first day of work. So dull. Someone snitched. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a big deal to kind of, cause I know we've been talking about Facebook a lot, but Twitter, especially like, this is something I probably would see on Twitter more. Yeah. Twitter is a social media account. And I know there's a lot of funny things. Gotta watch the Twitter too. 
That's I so feel like funny. people think they're they're you know shielded behind the the screen of their computer, the screen of their phone, but you're not. I mean, so many yeah. eyes. Somebody can repost it because they think it's funny, and somebody else reposts it, and at the end of the day, it gets to the person that you're not expecting to read it. So, again, it's just a, a case of be careful what you're doing, and if not, then check your privacy settings and make sure you only have your friends on there if you want yeah. to vent like that. But um, just having a little common sense. That's good advice. Have good privacy settings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was doing the research for this show, I actually read something on Twitter and um, a student was um, tweeting his school, please cancel school tomorrow. But he spelled tomorrow wrong. So the school replied, but if we cancel, how will you learn how to spell tomorrow? <laughs> That is so good. So, you know, it gets a little funny. So for scenario three, this one is, this is interesting. Mark told his boss that he had to miss work for a family emergency. But later he posted a picture at a party. Hired, fired, or eh. Let's start with you, Hannah. Uh, this is a tough one just because, I mean, I'm sure at least one point eventually we might play hooky, but you should, if you're going to play hooky, be sneaky about it. <laughs> um, but I, I don't definitely wouldn't hire. I would probably say fire because just for the mere fact that he is lying to, um, his boss and like that trust between your boss and yourself is I think really important because when things do happen, like actually family emergencies, um, that they can like count on you and they're like, okay, yeah, go. It's like, like, it's completely okay. And it's really hard to break a trust. Um, like once you break the trust, like it's hard to regain it. So I would probably lean towards more fired. Haley, you're up. This one is a tricky one. I think I would eh, maybe bring them in and talk to them because maybe they did have a family emergency that morning, but had a party planned for later. I don't know. I, I, I want to get all the facts for that first um, before completely going into firing. I totally agree with Hannah with the, the trust and, you know, the boy who cried wolf. You, you can only do it so many times. But I think if you speak to them and then maybe they're like, yeah, you know, this family member's in the hospital, but it was my wife's sister's birthday, you know, I don't know, things happen. So I guess I'd give him the benefit of the doubt until I got all the, the story. And then if I brought him into the office and he was still, you know, being sneaky and lying, then I'd probably fire him after that. I agree with both of you at a point. I would give him the benefit of the, um, I would give him the benefit saying that maybe he, he did have good intentions because you have to remember social media is fake. That yeah. party could have been from last year. Agreed. True. Like True. how many times have you seen people posting pictures that they're in a bathing suit and they look hot, but then you see them in real person. Like, how is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> Adobe game. So, so, I mean, I, I think that, you know, honestly, I don't think employers should be looking at social media because it's a game. People are posting things to make sure that their life looks better than it is. And really, we all are just trying to make by. 
And I think that's why um, we see a lot of things with the mental health where a lot of people are feeling anxiety and depression while being on social media. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like social media and its impact on mental health? Well, I agree. I think that it's, we're in a culture where everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses that, you know, people run themselves to the point of no return just to, you know, look the part on social media and impress others. There's a saying yeah. that says, you know, we spend money on trying to impress people that we don't like with money that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Preach, yeah. Haley. Which is true. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you um, with both of this. Like, I feel like a lot of times, especially like our generation, we are just trying to keep up with what the now norm is and how public everything is now and everyone's like having the most fun and oh how are you always like over in Europe when I've never left the country (laughs) (laughs) so I definitely agree with that and I think it's good to point out people only post good things no one's gonna post oh man I can't pay my rent today oh man I hit you know I feel really bad I feel really lonely most people don't post that So I think it's very good that we did this show talking about social media, the benefits of it and like telling students, you know, this is how you can navigate this, Um, being honest, like your blog, but also um, being cautious about what we post. That's great. And Hannah, you have, you have an interest in uh, legislative days and advocating for the profession. Um, What are some tips you can maybe give the listeners on how to use these platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, to help with provider status and making the profession excel? Um, Well, how I got into this was just from organizations in my school and kind of just asked, I think the best way just to tag, talk to people. Um, I'm from Louisiana and some of my friends in pharmacy school for my from the, in Louisiana, they were asking me because they saw that I was at the Capitol in April, like talking to congressmen or in, and their aides about provider status and some other things. And they were like, well, what do you do? And I was like telling them key points. Like you've just got to, we're not, especially when it comes to provider status, we are not in the, we're not trying to replace physicians. We don't want to diagnose, but there is becoming a large gap. And I think just educating yourself first off so you give the right facts knowing where you're getting your sources from and then just I, I mean bring it up post about it talk about it on twitter and like or talk about it to your friends that are in other pharmacy schools like trying to get them involved in that. um so I think that's kind of my little tips I guess <laughs> Why do you think, um, and this is like one of my favorite questions, I kind of repeat this question. Why do you think pharmacists don't have healthcare provider status? I think just for so long, because originally we weren't. Um, doctors originally, like, we didn't have the PharmD, and I think now with us progressing, um, we were originally more like just the pill counters, and now we've really just stepped away from that. Um, I get constantly as a student and I don't even know how to answer everything right now. And I'm like, uh, let me go ask the <laughs> pharmacist. Um, cause like they're, they want to know. And like a lot of times these ads too, they're scary and they have all these side effects. And I mean, especially if like 
Mr. Smith is seeing us at least twice a week or every other week. Like they're going to eventually trust us. And they, I, they want to know like what they know they can trust us, I guess. And I think now we're stepping away from that is just counting pills. And I think now being able to vaccinate some States you could, you can provide or prescribe birth control. Like, so, and I'm excited to see where we're going to go. Yeah, we're making pharmacists, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then how receptive are the senators to your advice? Um, so the last time I went in April, we, I was actually in the group with Louisiana because there's so many Maryland people up here. And so I was like, oh, I don't mind going to Louisiana and talking. I talked to one, like uh, an actual congressman. He was originally a physician. He was like, I'm all about it. He was super excited about it like he was like I completely agree and I think it's more for a fact too it's not the super urban populated areas it's a super like like in the middle of nowhere where it takes them like an hour to get to Walmart or, or like they don't have like easy access to a hospital or a physician they have it's probably easier for them to go to their local <clears throat> pharmacy um, a lot of the aides when we talk to them they're like we're already on the bill, like we're ready to go. So most of it, at least from where the aides and the congressmen that I've talked to or senators, um, they were they were into it. They were uh, ready to support uh, pharmacists becoming providers. Do you think maybe some um, more public exposure, like commercials about provider status and informing the community would help with the bill being moved and passed? Um, I think so to an extent. It's not really. I, th I think the community and the public would be very excited about it and they probably don't even know what provider status is. Um, we're just having, I feel like, a lot of pushback from physicians because they think we will take their jobs. But like I said earlier, we're not in the field of wanting to take their job. Like we don't know how to diagnose. That's not our job. And there's been such a, a large increase from family medicine to everyone wants to specialize because right. family medicine, there's been such a high rate in, um, with physicians and I think suicide because they are being overwhelmed with paperwork and insurance and they kind of are getting sick of their day-to-day -day life. Um, so now everyone, there's been a large switch to everyone wants to specialize and you make more money specializing too. So there's just become a gap. And I think it's mainly the physicians. We probably need to just like, just try to explain more. We're not here to take your job. We're just here to fill the gap. Well, today was super fun, Hannah. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for, you know, giving us so many tips and, and ideas, which I completely agree with all of them. And hopefully we can all come together and fight for our profession. I feel like we keep talking about this on our shows, but it's a really big deal. And yeah, it's a hot topic more, right now. The more the students get involved, I think the better we're going to be off after we graduate. Again, thank you for joining us. And everybody, please remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for more fun tips, advice, and updates on the show. I think so much. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, 
direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.